to the first episode of Pop Archives, an experiment in talking about archives and archivists within a pop culture framework. I'm your host, Sam Cross, and while I usually love talking about movies, television, comic books, cartoons, etc. on That Girl with the Curls, I'm also an archivist by trade, and this is my way of combining the things I love into one big blob of nougaty goodness. My aim is to uncover how archives and archivists are depicted in pop culture, as well as showcase archives and archival themes in places people outside the profession may not realize. With that said, uh, we will be discussing today uh, Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 5, Eastwatch. Um, But before we can actually get into the episode, we need a bit of a spoiler warning. Uh, Spoilers for all of Game of Thrones. If you're not cut up through all of the various seasons, there's seven seasons thus far, then this is going to ruin your day. Um, In order to talk about how the show utilizes archival records, I have to spoil a pretty big plot point. So if you haven't watched through season seven, then you should turn this off. Watch the show and then come back. I'll wait. However, if you don't watch Game of Thrones or don't care about spoilers, then we will proceed. Uh, some background is necessary for context, so once again, spoilers for all of Game of Thrones. Uh, prior to the events of the series, the last major war to have occurred in Westeros was Robert's Rebellion, named so for Robert, uh, Robert Baratheon, who rebelled against the then-reigning House Targaryen after Prince Rhaegar supposedly kidnapped Robert's betrothed Lyanna Stark, who also happened to be his best friend Ned Stark's sister. By the end of the rebellion, Robert was crowned king, the Targaryen line was practically wiped out save for Daenerys and her brother Viserys, who escaped to Essos, and Ned returned home to Winterfell in the north and his wife Catelyn with his infant bastard son Jon Snow in tow. As the series progressed, the mystery of Jon Snow's parentage became a major story development, as it was revealed that Jon was not, in fact, Ned Stark's bastard son, but the son of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen, confirming the long-standing fan theory from the books of R plus L equals J. And for those of you who really don't get that part, uh, Rihanna plus uh, Lyanna plus Rhaegar equals Jon. Or Rihanna, you know, however you want to do shipping names. Um, With the series no longer bound to the books for story beats, uh, season six was the first to surpass George R.R. Martin's published work. The creators went one further on John's bastard DNA. In the season seven episode Eastwatch, which we are specifically talking about, uh, Samuel Tarley, John's best friend from the Night's Watch, is training to be a maester in the Citadel. With him is Gilly and her son Sam, wildlings he brought with him from his time beyond the wall. Uh, Tasked with menial and demeaning labor, one of Sam's duties is copying the text of decaying books and scrolls, which was a common practice during the historical medieval era, which uh, this fantasy set uh, show is based off of. Uh, There are lots of articles you can actually go back to and see that George R. R. Martin based the world of Westeros and the world of A Song of Ice and Fire um, within the context of the War of the Roses. So the the Duke of York and the Duke of Lancaster, then you get the Starks and the Lannisters. So just some background that there is some actual history in, in terms of the inspiration behind this world. But back to the episode. Uh, during one particularly frustrating night, Gilly, still learning to read, inquires about the word annulment. The text is from the journal of High Septon Maynard, a detailed note-taker, 
who writes about um, issuing an annulment for, as Gilly states, Prince Ragger, in order to perform a secret wedding ceremony in Dorne, the region Rhaegar supposedly imprisoned Lyanna. Unknowingly, Gilly has discovered a key piece of evidence in the fight for the Iron Throne. So how does this relate to the Archive? Firstly, the Citadel functions as a sort of master library slash archive slash university for Westeros, where books and scrolls are kept in chains and only insiders have access, which is an article and a podcast in and of itself. There is something about books and scrolls literally chained up with limited access that feels like a metaphor, but maybe we'll uncover that later. I, I don't know. It's, it's just something that seems like it's worth discussing further, but I don't know in what context at this point. Just so that it's out there in the ether and you can start thinking about it and what it means to you. Uh, secondly, the text contains uh, the text contained in the Citadel give legitimacy and provide contextual evidence in a, in opposition of a prevailing narrative within the world of A Song of Ice and Fire. Though it was rumored that Lyanna Stark's abduction, quote unquote, wasn't quite accurate, the Septon's notes confirmed that she was not a damsel in need of rescuing, but a willing participant. Uh, Rhaegar didn't take her away, she left of her own volition because she was in love. When Sam passes the Septon's words on to Bran Stark, also taking credit for what Gilly had discovered, by the way, that should always be noted, Gilly discovered this information first, and then Sam presented it to Bran like he discovered it. At least that's how it's depicted in the episode, so I'm not pulling that out of anywhere. That's just what happened. When Sam passes the Septon's words to Bran Stark, who is now the Three-Eyed Raven, which is background I don't have time to really get into, but trust me, it's a big deal in terms of prophecies and being a seer and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, fun things. When Bran is given this information, he's actually able to, quote, see, unquote, the ceremony, confirming that John isn't just a bastard, but the legitimate son and heir of House Targaryen, named Aegon by his dying mother, and technically first in line to claim the throne. Also, Daenerys is his aunt, who he's having sex with as this information unfolds on screen. Ew. One thought that definitely entered my mind as the events unfolded was a profound sense of hope that Samwell kept the text when he fled the Citadel. Uh, without those pages, he'd have a harder time convincing others of Jon's possible claim, since visions from Bran probably wouldn't fly in the capital. But that just proves how important archives are in the Song of Ice and Fire. Without the Septon's journal, uh, John's lineage can't be verified or given any credence, since visions aren't a legitimate form of evidence even in a high fantasy setting. Uh, it's helpful to the audience as a visual confirmation of Lyanna and Rhaegar's mutual love, but there's no evidentiary value within the actual world of the show. The written word, however, goes a long way. Uh, we really can't forget that in the first season, Ned Stark figured out Joffrey, Bar uh, Joffrey Baratheon wasn't Robert's son, but the product of incest between Cersei, Robert's wife, and her twin brother, Jaime Lannister, after reading through the Baratheon lineage um, in a book called The History of the Great Houses of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, seems, and it really just seems that noting hair color is the equivalent of signing one's death warrant, at least in the case of this world. Um, so it's the, it, it's something to, to look at in terms of how we're approaching 
archives, archivists, and pop culture that while these moments might seem small and trivial or just kind of necessary to further the story along, the the means by which people come by this information is through records, is through a genealogy, which Ned does in his own roundabout way, and then the discovery of evidence in an archival setting by Sam and Gilly. While the world of A Song of Ice and Fire and Westeros is vast and has these magical elements to it, it's still operating within a historically medieval setting wherein records began to have a lot more sway in terms of evidence. Um, if you go back even further, you know, we did have records of things, but in a lot of cases that was sales of cattle and grain and whatnot. But the the means of having legitimacy over a claim to something was not always bound by the written word. A lot of the times it was just the oral agreement, the, you know, I, I swear my allegiance, I swear by my sword, you know, that kind of stuff. That was, for a very long time, the means by which people uh, distinguished legitimacy or honor. And it really isn't until you get into more of, a, of the medieval uh, world, um, depending on which country you're in, that the written contract or the written word starts to have a lot more sway, especially like if you look contextually in the actual real world when you have things like religious texts being written down and giving legitimacy through that. So there are things to think about in terms of how the setting of Game of Thrones works and then how certain um, events are shaped by having the evidence of the written record and where that record is coming from. So hopefully in this episode, it's it's worth thinking about uh, another way of looking at a pop culture uh, phenomena or event or thing like Game of Thrones uh, so that you can kind of better understand how the archives and archivists are depicted in pop culture. It's it's definitely something that I don't think has been explored in great detail. Uh, certainly there have been projects that have tried to kind of document how archivists are looked at in fiction um, as well as in movies, uh, but I'm really trying to go one further and look at a lot of different pop culture settings, a lot of different mediums to show that archives do show up. It's just maybe not in the places you would expect. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully you learned something or it helped you look at archives in a different way, even for a brief moment of listening. And hopefully I will be able to continue doing these because these are things, this is what I find fun. This is my, this is my joy. This is my bliss. So go find yours and uh, hope you uh, will come back for more.